Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. This podcast episode is sponsored by Shopify Queen, Sarah Gensel of Gensel & Co. Do you currently have a Shopify site selling products or services that aren't performing as well as you're hoping? Or do you have a product or service you'd love to sell, but you have no idea where to start? Well, my girl, Sarah Gensel, the Shopify queen, is a person to talk to. She is amazing and brilliant at branding and is currently helping me completely revamp my website on Shopify to showcase my new brand and selling my products. So if this sounds like something you've been looking for, please reach out to her on IG at Sarah Gensel, that's J-A-N-S-E-L. Leave her the code Sylvie, that's S-Y-L-V-I-E, and she will add you to her free Shopify Facebook group where she coaches weekly on Shopify strategies and has tons of content to help you in your Shopify journey to building your online business. So don't forget, DM her on Instagram at Sarah Gensel, J-A-N-S-E-L, and leave her the code Sylvie. She'll reach out and add you to her community. Thank you very much and have an amazing day and enjoy the episode. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, all things cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Dowd, here in Armprior, Ontario. And why am I in Armprior? And the, the beauty about this podcast is that we are live inside a home run bike shop business in Armprior in their garage, which is usually where all the companies start off. And um, I had the pleasure of finding actually this particular brand, Montu, that's how I say it, right? Montu Bikes. I was actually on uh, All Places Marketplace. Everybody's been there looking for bikes. I was looking for a gravel bike. I saw this bike back here um, for sale. I was just like, oh my God, is it still available? And it led me to meet Penny and Catherine and Ramsey here, <laughs> Keely Ply. And so if you're listening to this, um, you might want to flip over to YouTube and capture the live version because we're in this in his shop and we're going to talk. We've got the bikes here. We're going to sh- show some of the clothing that they clothing brand they have. And I'm um, super excited to bring this Canadian brand to you guys. So welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you, Sylvie. Nice to be here. Oh my God. So it's been a very long time since I've done anything live. And so this is why it's so exciting because I'm actually here picking up my bike and uh, you guys will be hearing more about it. Yeah, I know. It's a good bike. It's a good bike. So 
Um, what I love to do is just get your story. So I always start with the question, how you got into cycling? How did it, how did it bring you to starting the brand and meeting each other and doing clothing and all that stuff? All right. Yeah, you want a short version or a longer? We have a great Halloween <laughs> story. And oh, let's do the Halloween story. Because that's why I took you biking. Well, that I facilitated, you took him biking. I facilitated him getting to go for a ride in Cape Town. Oh, that's where we met. Maybe this is a story about how Annie and Catherine met. It's uh, yeah, well, that's, our, that's how it started, <laughs> right? Our, um, the first time we met, uh, uh, Catherine helped me go for a. Uh, we met in South Africa, actually. And yeah, uh, Catherine met. facilitated, I've never. It was my first time in South Africa, and I wanted to go for a mountain bike ride um, in the Tokai Forest, where I first always did mountain biking. So Catherine uh, facilitated my first uh, mountain yeah, bike. I drove him out there. Didn't get okay, so how did you guys meet to go that's out? Long, that's long, long version. version. <laughs> oh, okay. Short version is we had mutual friends. <laughs> I was living in Cape Town. He was visiting. We okay. met up for a dinner, oh, and then we met up all the days he was in Cape Town. Oh. And one of the days, I said, "Hey, I heard you like mountain biking. I can drive you to this place. I'd like to go for a well, hike there anyway." Biker? No, I was going for a hike. Long distance runner. Oh. <laughs> I'm a runner. Oh, okay. I cycle, but not yeah. like him. And uh, I just thought that would be nice. And he went out for a ride and enjoyed it. And I went for a hike. And then uh, he wasn't even late coming back. <laughs> good guy, he was like, yeah, I gotta be back for like. Yeah, he was very late coming back. Oh, you're being facetious. Oh, <laughs> but it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. So, all, of, all of a sudden, we're married and have two kids. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Like an arm prior. There you go. An arm prior. No, like, how does it go from like South Africa to arm prior Ontario? So. So, so you, you guys came to Kent. Are you both? No, then we got married. Well, yeah. Long distance. Courtship. Mm-hmm. Then we got married, moved to Egypt, where Haney is from. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we lived in Egypt most of the last five years. Oh. Um, cool. And we would spend summers in Canada because I melt in the summer. Oh, because you melt. It's like it's way too hot. Do you have family here? Yes. I'm from. Oh, okay. Well, not our part. I'm from Halliburton originally. Okay. Um, and then so we were living in Egypt, and Haney attempted to teach me. To be a better mountain biker a few times. Oh, then we had our first <laughs> child, so I was pregnant and you know, all that. Um, really? and anyway, uh, we were prepping to move to Canada and I'll let Hanny tell the story of said, Well, let's start a bike company. Yeah, because there's the mountain bike tours in Egypt, because I was looking at those. Gotcha. Well, yeah. Egypt is uh, he's the king of mountain biking in Egypt. He's very it. modest. Oh. Well it's been it, I think it was two thousand twenty was maybe the last posting or anything on those but is that where it started there's a small but rapidly growing community of mountain bikers in egypt so um uh, i started mountain biking um early 2000s um most of my life i've been engaged in team sports and when i went to college i just wanted something that i could do um, without having to go to a gym or needing a team something that's as easy enough as the outdoors and um mountain biking was perfect I, I bought a basic mountain bike and started um, going on some natural trails that we have right outside Cairo we have a, a hilly desert uh-huh. and uh, I saw very few people engaged in mountain biking and I, I started a small community called MBG Egypt 
Cool. How long ago was that? That was in 2002. Okay. And since then, it's been um, rapidly growing. And mountain biking is a comparatively small, like it's a niche within cycling in its own. And uh, in a country like Egypt, where um, access to cycling equipment and, um, and, and good mountain bikes aren't is it as easy as, say, in Canada or Western Europe, um, young people have a harder time finding um, either people to get involved with clubs and communities yeah. to get involved with or the proper equipment. But given that, it's been um, there's been plenty of interest in mountain off-road cycling in general. And then we organized the first ever amateur race in Egypt 2009. And uh, we've been, on a semi-regular basis, we've been organizing it um, uh, at least every couple of years. Uh -huh. And then we organized the um, UCI sanctions yeah. to African Continental Championships in oh, 2018 cool. for the first time in Egypt, Cairo. And um, it's again, it's it's growing. It's rapidly growing, and yeah. young people in Egypt are Egypt is a demographically quite a young country. Right. Uh, most of the population is under the age of thirty, and um, really? um, well, about what about fifty percent is under thirty. Yeah, and, uh, the, yeah what's the population? Million people a year. We have about a hundred million people, and half of those are under thirty. So. Um, so lots of interest in sports and yeah. um, and, and outdoor <coughs> activities, and not only mountain biking, it goes it extends to um, outdoor sports and leisure in general. Mm -hmm. um, and now I'm, I'm mostly based in Canada, so I'm not as involved in the community, but there are other compatriots who are taking the sport forward, the sport forward in Egypt. And we founded um, the Egyptian Off-Road Cycling Commission within the Egyptian Cycling Federation. There are many obstacles to <laughs> having a, for, a, a working formal structure of the sport yeah, yeah. in Egypt, but it's, you know, baby steps. So when I think of Egypt, I think of the terrain not being like green, it's very sandy. Is that true of majority of the... Yeah, babies? Egypt is, um, is mo most of, for 5,000 years, we're pretty much lived on the narrow Trips along the Nile Valley, yeah. the fertile land along the Nile Valley. We're um, we're one square million kilometers. That's the surface area of Egypt, and um, so not about the size of Alberta, maybe. Yeah, roughly the size of France, but uh, we have a hundred million people, and most of them live in a very small percentage of this land. Yeah, yeah. So, um, let. East and west of the Nile is, is desert, and then there's the fertile land along the Nile, and then the, the Egyptian Delta. Um, and the Nile flows from south to the north, where it enters the, into, into the Mediterranean, Mediterranean Sea. And then we have the mountains in the Sinai Peninsula. Um, so our, what we call our home trails, is a natural protected area that we can visit outside on the outskirts of Cairo. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, it's great because it's quite accessible from the biggest city in Egypt, in Africa. And, um, and then you have the mountains of the Sinai. Pardon? I think people often think of it being sandy. It's quite rocky. Yeah, it's limestone. Okay. It's, uh, yeah. it's limestone hills, and it's fantastic for mountain biking. I personally believe it's world. It has the potential for world class cross country mountain biking. It's uh, the perfect kind of terrain for that. Mm -hmm. It's steady, not mountainous. But then, as you go east towards the Red Sea, you start getting to mountains, and this yeah. is where the future of the sport in Egypt lies, because. I need to go east to find the mountains, and, <laughs> and um, as resources and more attention is um, is paid to developing this, these kinds of sports in Egypt, mm -hmm. I think more.
more funding and the resources to be avail available for trade building, for developing the sport, and it taking the shape it, it requires for for it to have a, a stronger presence in uh, in places like Egypt and North Africa in general, because there's plenty of interest in. Uh, Oh, no, that's right. It really it, it borders on Africa. Well, we are in Africa. We are we are in, in North Africa. Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. So Egypt is part of the the called the Mena region, Middle East, North Africa. Okay. So we look at the country across the demographics. Yes, the top of Africa, so above the Sub-Saharan, is called North Africa. Easy for people who don't. Then our Sinai Peninsula, the Egyptian Sinai, connects Africa to Asia. Right. Um, so that's the story of mountain biking Egypt. So I've, oh, I've had a, a long engagement in developing um, and community building, specifically in off-road cycling. And, um, and then I had short uh, business experiments in, in this domain um, in Egypt. But they were always sort of a, something that I do as a hobby that I'm trying, like dipping my toes. Yeah. But with Montu, it's um, from the... Um, the genesis from the start of, of Montu has been this is going to be a proper business. It's right. not just treated as side hustle or a hobby. Mm -hmm. um, we want to properly offer the products that we want to focus on at launch. And this has been, uh, as you know, yeah. gravel bikes and small, high quality line of cycling clothing. Yeah. So, did you, so what were you doing before you decided to go all in? on the bike company we are academics by training uh, <laughs> yes. and still... phd students who have phds let's say that <laughs> of life phd of life uh, yeah we are like, uh, redeemed academics and I, and, I, and I still do that here i, I teach at, at um okay i teach at algonquin college oh do you uh, really i do what are you doing <laughs> That's so we're, awesome. We're not quite, uh, we're not quite <laughs> completely detached from that domain yet. Uh, That's okay. But, you need uh, that extra side hustle to do the main but, hustle. But, right? but you know, new as a small business, things take a while to get traction, and for this business to um, to generate uh, something that resembles a, a, a proper income, it needs a few years to build up. And um, and teaching is something that both of us are also. Um, I know that I'm speaking for myself. I've always been passionate about mm -hmm. research and teaching, so I'm still engaged in that. But um, my background is in academia. Right. Well, I think that's awesome that you're a teacher of business and you have a business because it makes it even more credible when you talk to guys, uh, you know, to to high school, uh, university, to college students. Yeah. We'll be back. Um, <laughs> when you're talking to college students yeah. and uh, you're trying to, you know, explain like. You need to do this and build that, market uh, this. I mean, and say you, you, you talk the talk and walk the walk. Yeah. So, yeah. It's um and it's you, and you're like and you're let's work like, on my business for a minute. What do you think <laughs> about marketing strategies? Yeah, and it's also it keeps you um, keeps you sharp and you're always learning because once oh, yeah, you stop, okay. you say you know everything. That's when things start not going so well mm -hmm. because you're always learning. So I think teaching. And uh, always being engaged in, in that side of things is, is also lucrative. Oh, I think yeah. so too. I think so. And I'm, I'm really surprised to find it, but I'm not. But that's cool because I would prefer to have a professor who's actually in the thick of things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my God, my business. <laughs> but do you ever kind of like, I, get, I would bet you use your business for a lot of examples when you're talking to your students like, 
tests and life experiences. <laughs> like, this is what I experienced. Depends on the course. I've also taught uh, things that are uh, not related to business um, and, um, and what is known as international development. So this oh. has been away from, from the business world. It's a, it's a different But you also world. have that background, too. There's that background. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and one of the other things that I do is I, um, um, and I still do some of it, is consulting. And it's, um, I did um, a fair bit of consulting for the sports and leisure industry, and, uh, mm. and it's something I'm also involved in still. Oh, very cool. Um, so what was the Canadian expression? A few uh, pants. Few pans in the eye, a few oh, irons yeah. in the fire, <laughs> yeah. something like that. Uh, we yeah. always have. You're an entrepreneur. Yeah. There's never just one iron in mm -hmm. the fire. You've right. got right. many, many. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like which one's burning yeah. the brightest. Yeah. So, tell us about how you came to decide and the name because I was reading. It's got Egyptian mm -hmm. heritage to the colors and the name. So talk about. Talk about that, the brand. Right. Um, so the, the Egyptian heritage elements in our branding are unmistakable. Um, mm -hmm. So um, we've got the, the, our logo is uh, inspired by the Eye of Horus, which yeah, is the Egyptian iconography. It's uh, quite important as um, um, one of the very easily recognizable elements in Egyptian, in ancient Egyptian iconography. Uh, Montu is the name um, see that right there. Uh, yeah, there it's it on is. the bikes. It's really beautiful. We'll show you to you after. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's on our and uh, all our bikes. Uh, it's the head badge for all our bikes, and <coughs> the branding is also very visible. On we, we tried to go with. Minimal. Oh, actually, why don't you just look at this? There, yeah. there we go. Yeah. Right there. And Montu is an ancient Egyptian deity. Oh, um, I love it even more. Yeah. I'm just gonna try to not knock over the phone. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I want to uh, credit my dad with um, with the idea with one of yeah one the fact like the, the the seed of the idea of the behind the name one too mm -hmm. because we had a family meeting when we were first establishing the business and and I had a brainstorming session with my dad and uh, mm -hmm. he was very excited as he always is very supportive of of these uh, things awesome. and um, and this was one of the ideas that was um, that uh, I I credit my dad with coming up with and it stuck. Because it falls off the tongue, yeah. it's it's very Egyptian and um, it just worked. I loved it, and we went with it. And so we had to find something that would also be easy in English and in French. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Canada. So what's and then checking does this mean anything? Yeah. And does so everybody else have it? <laughs> yeah. So the, the, yeah. So what does it mean, Montu? It's an ancient, ancient Egyptian deity, mm -hmm. uh, ancient Egyptian god of uh, vitality and uh, and resourcefulness. Um, Yay! And you can, yeah, people can cyclists, yeah, cyclists, vitality, and um, makes sense. In, at at law at the fact when we started Montu, we were in Cairo, and we actually started with the clothing line because we wanted to have an Egyptian-made line of cycling clothing oh. for many reasons. Uh, okay. We wanted to have something that is, you know, there's a long history of Egypt being um, a leader in um, the textile industry, uh, but um, we don't we we export a lot of raw. Textiles. This okay. is not, this is not made in Egypt, but now we have. Long a few. story. <laughs> a, One have, day it will be. One day. So yeah. okay. So continue on with your. Uh, so we've had <laughs> cargo shorts were actually prototyped in Egypt. 
Okay. Couple big shorts, and then mm -hmm. we've had a few iterations, and now we offer a few because this is one of our best-selling pieces. The cargo right. shorts that you have there. This is All right, everybody, version. you ready for hey. these shorts? Yeah. I can't yeah. wait to slide mm. these on. <laughs> yeah, this is probably the founding piece of um, were the cargo bib shorts, and um, we didn't come up with cargo bib shorts because now there's mm. many companies offering this, but we think like. Like, why did it take that long for people to start putting pockets, like pockets on, on shorts? shorts right? Because I have a pair that are really tiny, and now I guess they've just been, because they're tri shorts, yeah. it is for like a little gel. So we prototyped the, uh, the original um, bib shorts, the cargo bib shorts in Egypt, and we, we start, actually produced the first <laughs> batch in, in Cairo with the assistance of a local manufacturing partner mm -hmm. along with a long history and... Uh, um, uh, a tariff business. Um, at some point, yeah. there are a few obstacles to actually getting the clothing here uh, because of the global supply chain when it comes to fabrics and textiles. But we're that have anything to do with COVID, or is that before COVID? Especially yeah, during COVID, yeah. it's been it's been complicated. Um, yeah, so we have been selling a bit that was produced in Egypt, selling it. Yes, so we have yeah. we have we actually have um, stock that is being produced in Egypt for local sales. Okay. And uh, Canadian, we have, we have manufacturing um, partners in Europe, in Eastern Europe, mm -hmm. as well as in Asia for clothing that comes to Canada. Great. At some point, we would like to have at least one piece in our lineup Canadian made, but mm -hmm. this is a different set of questions. Uh, at, we'll get to it when we get to it, but right now, um, the clothing is either made in, um, in Europe or made in uh, Asia or made in, in Egypt. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So be like, you have to come to Egypt for the mountain bike tour, and then you get the Egyptian. But is that still on? Well, oh, Kenny's yeah. there. He'll take you on a tour. Oh, <laughs> oh no, this is not really like you can't really register for it. No, yeah, even, but you're the one who would have. I don't know if that's the one you're talking about. I don't know which, which had a website bike tour, that had mountain if bike you go to guiding. That's our community. That's the, the Egyptian mountain biking community. And we, one of the things that we do. But is, it was like a, a beginner level, or it was like a one week bike tour course, I don't know, I was just There are that. some companies that will offer tours, but most of them are for people very new to cycling. Um, mm. It just depends, if you, what we have we have done is actually on a limited scale, we've offered um, visitors to Egypt, mm -hmm. um, guided mountain, but visitors are key mountain bikers, actual mountain yeah, yeah, bike yeah. tours. Of course, we want to on our sales. Get lost in that. But, yeah, um, I don't want to get lost out there. But because <laughs> it's, it's a community, it's not a business, it's something mm. that we've done on an ad hoc uh, basis, okay. but then one of the things that we still do is we do a regular um, beginner's course. It's a four, Yeah, I think that's what I was looking at. Yeah, that's, we, have a, we have a very extensive, probably the only one of its kind in Egypt, but um, a, a very extensive, uh, compre comprehensive beginner's course that has a theory component and then an on-trail tactical component. And people graduate from that and mm -hmm. confident, not, not, you know, you need time. It takes time to be <laughs> of course. confident in the trail. Any but, kind of course, you, the you get the skills. Yeah, you got to go you practice. Know, basics of uh, mountain biking, everything from the basic body positioning, mm -hmm. climbing, descending, mm -hmm. how to do trail side repairs, how to navigate trails. We cover most of this in, in our course, and then people start, if they like mountain biking enough, they continue on the journey. And you know how it takes time to actually be a confident oh, yeah. mountain biker on oh, the trail. Yeah. 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 I mean, you don't have to be too 
good when you have 29 wheels for anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still on 26. Okay. So I'm okay. just like, I have to maneuver a little bit. It's I hit the little rocks. Yeah. Well, bike, bike technology and, and geometry and, and has come a long way. And, yeah, uh, and early 29ers suck. Um, because they essentially took 26-inch bikes and they, they made larger playgrounds for tires and the geometry didn't work. But uh, And I still get people who say, well, I don't really want the 29er because of slow turn. Well, that used to be the case maybe in 2015, 2016, but now 29er geometry is optimized for the big wheels. So right, um, so the, the the frame has started following. The but wheel. we can we can ner I can nerd out on bike geometry for hours. So <laughs> <laughs> that could be or maybe another podcast. I know. I'm just yeah, yeah, right. So I was just like trying to figure out how I could still use my old mountain bike yes, it, it might be old but it's still a bike no i know but it's old brody i don't know okay well show her the franken bike the franken oh. bike it's, uh, it's behind a bunch of cardboard but Catherine has a, a franken bike that she um when she... i was 15 it was my first oh you still bike. oh my gosh it still works. Just a yeah, with the money from my first job and i used to ride it back and forth to the job but then mm -hmm. also when i was 15 16 i I did a little bit of mountain biking, and then it came with me to university. Yeah, and became, of course. It got road slash tires and That's became great. the commuting bike. So it has ridden all over Montreal and Toronto. And before we got married, and I then, actually took this bike on yeah. trails. I went on a mountain bike ride. Because <laughs> it was in storage at my parents' place when <laughs> I was living abroad. Feel like, and so oh somehow now it has migrated to the garage, and we keeping like, we should just you know, let the parts go, maybe they could be used, but it actually works well. It's, it's no, one of those, oh my God, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bike that refuses to die, and we don't, I don't do any maintenance on this bike. Yeah. See, that's kind of like my Brody, it's like 20 years old, I think I still have the same like I've seen That's it. the one to take to the store, go to, you know. Like, like, you know, your, your sons are going to be riding on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, before you get something like this, they're yeah. like, this is the bike you go yeah. to the store with, go to school with. I mean, Zane already has a fancy uh, kid. Yeah, that's right. It's probably worth more than the Franken oh, bike, yeah. but you know. But I would not get rid of because I have well, my first mountain bike. Value too, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, I, that's the one I take in the city yeah. when I don't want to think about you know yeah, being, what if, my, what my bikes being yeah. ripped off. Yeah. But now people are stealing steel brakes, so I'm just like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a market for everything. Now let's go back to the brand. Like, so your dad. Gave it the name. You're like, that's fabulous. Let's run with it. Then how did the the whole, how did it all materialize? And how did you play a role in it? Uh, I talk a lot. <laughs> Suggestions? We ideas. We, so I'm not a cyclist. Like, I, I should say I'm not a cyclist. I like to ride bikes. You are. I have strong legs. I'm a runner. More than right. a cyclist, but now since I've been training, legs. Yeah, uh -huh. I we go riding. I like riding. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's really his his gem. But I am part of the thinking, yeah. planning, different ideas, and then we were planning to move to Canada um, oh, because true. our older son started JK last year, mm -hmm. and we had the plan. We wanted him to go to school here. Lots of different reasons, but um, so we thought, okay, this is a good time because we're going to be in transition. Hanny's going to be doing permanent residency, looking at all those different pieces, um, yeah. and 
with COVID, with bike shortages. Oh, yeah. We also just jumped on it. So this is a good time to start bike shortages. <laughs> so many shortages. No, because there's gas, yeah. right? Yeah. Initially, it was, just, yeah. it was mainly the clothing and the bikes were, uh, I, I had the intention of bringing in the bikes at the later stage. But oh, okay. Was, so clothing first. But I already second. had the, the contacts and I already had um, sort of the know-how to jump in on demand. It was um, given, you know, COVID, with the demand that came in the to the bike industry, that's yeah. unprecedented, came massive shortage. So finding the parts to put on the train. <laughs> like, but sorry. we eventually managed to secure what we need to offer, what I call the stock build. But I just want to go back to Catherine's role yeah, because yeah. she's very modest. Um, <laughs> I uh, I get caught up in the in the I get tunnel vision sometimes. I get caught up in the technical details and the you know the, the group sets and the build kits and, and the paint schemes and uh, you know the tiny things mm -hmm. and. Um, which Kat is important. Which is important. I think of maybe the bigger. Like, but but Catherine is is, a very, is is big picture, and that's um, that's very important, especially mm -hmm. in the foundational stages of any business. And um, having that balance between us, we help each other. It's it's complementary, right? So, um, um, because you you can't spend months on end trying to come up with the perfect. Yeah. Here's the yeah, what, what's offered for this season and the next season might be something different. Yeah, right. So yeah, eventually we, we secured um in, in our first season we secured what we needed to start offering um what I claim to be the most affordable carbon gravel bike in Canada right now. I know. I have to say when you say affordable as and I, you know, I don't want to downplay affordability because I think I've got great quality in the price that I paid. But what I was looking at it was twice the amount. So keep right. in mind that you, we started this uh, podcast by saying that this is yeah. a so right, yeah, yeah. So this is the only reason we're, not, we're still not making full transparency and there's no shame to saying that we're still not making money it takes a while for the businesses and you have to have that it's a marathon to use the endurance mm -hmm. um, analogy and uh, the only reason we're able to offer these bikes at this price point is that our overhead is fairly low right uh, we are operating out, out of our home um, we I hate conventional marketing, even though it's important. I like engagement with actual riders, with mm. people that you already know that we try to engage with local yeah. events, and and um, we're sponsoring uh, an elite, a young elite mountain bike racer from Halliburton, and she's uh, she's on uh, on a mountain bike. Um, we don't have the resources to do everything we want to do right mm. now, but our current goals are, are is to focus on one model of gravel bike, one mountain bike with a few options and a small yet high quality line of well thought out cycling clothing, including options for men and women cyclists. Yeah, I think to keep it simple is, yeah. is the way to go. You make it too complicated, then you just start talking. Yeah. Like two colors, awesome. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there are companies that focus on the aesthetics of the, of the clothing and they offer, like they say, oh, we have this new drop of this new... Colors are nice, I love good color, I love a good design, but we really focus on the functional aspects of mm -hmm. the garment. Like once it's, like once we, we choose the, yeah. a good endurance chamois pad, a good um, bit and That's the body. Yeah. You'd be surprised how long it takes it to develop good. the proper pocket depth. <laughs> Well, like, no, I was just like, just a second. Yeah. I can definitely put my whole 
phone in you here. You can fit yeah. phone in there. First of all, that's the most important thing, as yeah. we all. You can even like a, a, on, um, on on the men. The, the tailoring is quite different, but even on the men's version, you can fit full beer, like a five half a liter beer can. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh beer can. Try and test it last try, summer. Try yeah. So we focus on the functional aspects, how the garment fits, how, how it's tailored, how comfortable it is. And then we see, okay, maybe we should offer a couple of colors, but we a, we don't have the resources to offer. I think black colors. is good. Yeah. And then focus on... We have, we have navy blue coming. I said that. I was going to say, yeah. Or do you say that? The navy's coming. Navy's black coming. Pockets. Yeah. Looks cool. Yeah. And then, uh, we have a few jerseys. We have a few different cuts for uh, for the cycling jerseys. And um, yeah, we Did have... you see the, the teal one? Yeah, I think I picked this one. Or I mean, we have one. we have a few things now. Yeah. We have a we have a pair of nice uh, dip tights for um, what we call the three season Look dip tights. Look at the stitching, everybody! It's the same color. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the details matter. The yeah. zipper garage there. <laughs> any chafing. Yes, this is back from the days way back when I worked uh, for the Lemon. Oh, jeez! <laughs> yeah. So the zipper garage is key. The flat seams are key. I, you know what? Because I do have a shirt and. I, they use like, um, uh, I want to say rubber, but the, it's like a... Oh, around the zipper. Yeah, but it's, it, it picks on my neck. It's those little things that it's like, it's, it's not rubber, it's, um, it's like fishing wire, but it's, oh, it's like okay. heavy duty yarn, yeah. um, yarn. Mm -hmm. And it just, like, I don't know, it's cut there, but it picks right yeah. in my neck and I'm just like, I try and chew it off. <laughs> I'm just like, but this is so nice. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's uh, the, you see the, the thing with clothing, things that you put on your body, like shoes, cycling clothing and shoes. It's um, I've I've used four hundred dollars shoes that I can't spend an hour in this shoe because yeah. it just doesn't work for my feet. So it's a clothing and shoes are very personal items. Yeah, uh, there are four hundred dollar, three hundred dollar. Pairs of uh, big shorts. They have good shoes. Yeah, but, but you know, everybody's gone is different. It's gone is not going to work for everyone. So it's uh, it's also a matter of experimenting with things that uh, that work for different body shapes. Not everyone can't please everyone, but um, you can try to offer a first enough product line to match different needs. Right, sixty percent of the population. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love these. So tell us a little bit more about the design. Like, like just going back, we can just sort of focus in on... I was... Uh, because, you know, like, the cassette, so... I mean, just the whole setup of bikes these days, like, everybody's getting away from three chain rings or two chain rings in the front. And so uh, a little bit of a background about... Uh, because carbon bike manufacturers... <coughs> Especially the behind the scenes bit can be confusing and can be, there's lots of misinformation about how these bikes are made. Um, yeah. There's a wide, wide spectrum of, of quality and how the bikes or the frames are actually manufactured. And uh, again, this is one of the things where you can easily spend a few hours talking about. But the, the short version is that because we are a small company, carbon molds are very expensive. This is interesting, guys very expensive to develop. Um, mm -hmm. If you're a big brand, you have enough financial uh, leverage, you can um, you can have your own unique proprietary molds. We uh, share the molds with other small companies and this allows us to um, enter the market and offer and focus on 
having a value added beyond the actual physical point. Things like custom built, things like having eventually having a um, a fully equipped uh, local shop to serve the Ottawa Valley area when it comes yeah. to um, customized builds and stock builds and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, but we partner with one of the best manufacturers in the business. They, the, again, without getting into nerding out on your tiny, tiny details, <laughs> the old way of making carbon frames was using a, a bladder that's inflated and then the carbon layer is laid um, over that bladder. Right. And then once they're done, the, the, the frame is cured, the bladder is inflated and taken out. And this resulted in pieces of that bladder embedded in the carbon uh, construction, compromising the structural integrity of that frame. Um, Did you guys know about that? I bet you didn't know. <laughs> and, and the, 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 he's got the details. He's got the details. Oh, you don't want it. There are, there are, this is a very rapidly moving domain, but um, yeah. now the... The more common way to do it is to use a solid mandrel on which to um, to shape and to mold the frame, mm -hmm. and this ensures that the internal construction is has very smooth walls and nothing that compromises the structural integrity of the most important thing, which is the frame. Right. And then there are things that, like like the type of carbon used, the type of resin, how the carbon fibers are the, the layout, which is how the carbon fibers are oriented. Right. Um, so. Uh, at some point, we can have our own complete unique mold and our own proprietary frame, but this gives little beyond proprietary aesthetics of a design. As long as you have a manufacturing partner that pays attention to good quality control, sharing the cost, the cost of that mold allows us to focus on other things that offer value to our customers aside from just a completely unique shape of right. the bike. Um, uh, we, having said that, we contribute feedback to our manufacturing partner when it comes to things like the layout of the carbon because certain properties on how the, the fibers are oriented on things like the chain stays and the teeth stays uh, affect the actual right quality of the frame and affect the, how robust the frame is, especially on off-road bikes, on gravel and mountain bikes. So we contribute back this, um, uh, based on our, our own testing, um, this feedback to our manufacturing partner, and actually the the, um, the frames have been improved upon um, uh, when it comes to the uh, certain things, when it comes to the uh, layup of the carbon fiber on, on the frame construction. Uh, but when it comes to things like the tolerances of the bearing boards, when it comes to the clean construction from the inside walls of the frame, this is on par with bicycles that are much, much more expensive. And we offer a two-year warranty against manufacturing defects in Canada. And this extends to our frames as well as our um, carbon wheels. Yeah, so what I really like about this bike, and I'm gonna show you, like give you a closer view, is some of the details on the bike that, that they added, that Hanny added, so that it can become like a touring bike. Uh, you could put panniers on it, which I was like, and and let and I have to show you this: the top tube <clears throat> that has these the bolts on it. Let's just go over here. So these are two identical bikes, same for a few details. So you've got the oh yeah, you've got it over there. So, yeah. So the, yeah. this is a I'll show you here. This is the direct mount bolts for um, 
bags. Is that not cool? I don't. I don't think I've seen them. Well, they, like they are on the market on many bikes now. So, oh, okay. Um, the, this is an example of a of a direct mount. Uh, this is a custom made bag that bolts directly to the top tube. Right. And then the the frame has uh, multiple accessory mounts for touring and bike packing. So you've got three sets of. Um, Water cage, water bottle cage bosses. I noticed that you got three, so you can you decide can what exactly. space you want. Because That's if you great. Have, if you have frame bags, you can then adjust oh, the location of the cage where you want it to God. be lower or higher. And then you've got one set on the on the bottom of the down tube. Oh, and then right here. Right. And then you have three accessory mounts on mm -hmm. each um, fork blade, and you use this to mount everything from additional uh, bottle cages to. Uh, you can carry a, a ultralight tent in a cargo cool. cage. Right. So what I would personally use them for, I I have some bike packing intentions, pending family plans this Me summer. Me too, <laughs> potentially. But, uh, but, uh, <laughs> Maybe not if, this if year. If that happens, I'm going to set these up with some um, bike yeah, packing. Taking the five-year-old with the bike trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what, well, you see that you got a couple. We, we actually <laughs> set these bikes up with um, people who have. Like us have kid trailers, we set them up right. with um, a, tra a trailer with a two axle hitch for the trailer. But then you have uh, full mudguard mounts as well, the pannier mounts. You know, it's funny because like I spent so much <laughs> money on mudguards and I never put them on, and I have some at home, and I'm not even sure that'll work. I'm not sure. This is a standard mudguard mount, and you can also use it for for uh, touring or bikepacking accessories. So, mm -hmm. and this frame in size medium weighs under one kilogram. So you can race this bike. You can build it up as a tourer or a bike packer. Uh, I will takes, be racing this bike. You'll be racing this bike. It takes uh, one by as your bike is built as stock build. We offer it as a one by built, which I love. Um, or if you want a more conventional two by, uh, this is a narrow wide chain ring. Um, you can build it as a two by. And some, some of our customers opt for two wheel sets to use it as in the post double duty as a road bike or as a gravel bike. Um, yeah, and we offer our own uh, our own carbon wheel sets as well that uh, that do save a chunk of weight off you know rotating mass if you're mm -hmm. the, the dollar per gram. You know, spending money on on any carbon upgrades is usually best put in, in carbon wheels yeah. because it's rotating mass. But then you get the carbon stem, the carbon seat post. This is all this all comes on the stock build. Yeah, uh, we do offer a few upgrades, like but mainly the carbon wheel sets. Yeah, I uh, yeah. <laughs> He was showing me the wheels, and 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 I'm like, I'm gonna have to start saving for <laughs> saving for those. Those will be the next year. Yeah, those are the carbon. Um, <coughs> we offer them. In oh yeah, hold on, here they are. 650B or 700C, and the beauty of that frame is that it has one of the best tire clearance in, uh, in its class in Canada. So in oh. 650B, you can fit up to 2.1 inch tires, which are essentially mountain bike tires. In um, 700C. I want to say you can, you you can easily fit forty eight. I want to say, you can <coughs> bigger, but with bigger tires, you may get some to overlap. But then forty millimeter tires are plenty. Um, mm -hmm. I, I run mine if I put the seven hundred C wheels on it. I run it with forty threes, even yeah. even wider. But Whoa. these forties are good for racing, which you'll be doing. Yeah, huh? I'm gonna take it out on a hundred k ride on Saturday. There you go, shakedown ride. Yeah, that's right. And I'll be like, uh, can you adjust the derailleur and everything now that everything's... <laughs> so when should I bring it back? Because, of course, things get stretched. When is the... Uh... Anytime, you know. Like, it's like a, a month after? 
Just bring it back whenever, before you're... When it starts skipping, the, that's the time you <laughs> start bringing it back. It's supposed to be, uh, to be trouble-free from uh, on your first ride, but as, as things, as it happens... If as anything, it stretches. You know where I live. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I have to, like, when we come down to see the in-laws, I'll be like, hey, you might have to drop it off for a little uh, a derailleur adjustment. That's, yeah. Because that's one thing that I don't mess with is the derailleur. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, my, because I live near Wakefield, so I was, I'm close to Expedition Shop, and I'm like, oh, Jamie, I've, I need some derail adjustments. I've been like playing around. It's like, stop touching it. Just bring it in. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, because apparently you can really over tweak it. Well, the future is in, uh, is in, in <coughs> wireless shifting, and this frame oh, will please. take, this frame comes with, um, I know, I'm, the kit. Mm, the like the cars. We offer an optional kit for if you want to run DI2 okay. or you know, run whatever you want, you can just learn to run it wireless. But um, it's all about options. You know, mm -hmm. one by, two by, 650B, 700C. Okay, what's the, is this like 45? 46. 46, I was close. Yeah, it's so like that's a stock build, and this is based on components made by a company called Sensa. Um, the, the story goes that um, these were engineers that worked for SRAM and then they opened up their own uh, of shop. It's always like a spin-off yeah. yeah, and, and they work really well. They're quite affordable. They, um, Are they in the States? They're, they're, yes. No, they're in China. Oh, they're in China. Okay. Um, and, um, and, they, um, and the components work well. Uh, they're affordable. Oh, that's an 11. But, you know, people come to us and say, I want this, this Shimano GRX or SRAM this or and you we, like cha-ching we, we do we do custom builds but we don't stop right now Shimano Canada said they would be happy to talk to you but you can't even fulfill existing orders talk to us next year so <laughs> I know yeah. I asked for like if I could upgrade my campy record my super record and my friend's like well, that'll be like $3,000. I was like, what? I think I'll just hold on to yeah. my current record. And the yeah. thing is with us, if you can't like, <coughs> come to me and say, hey, I have my own group set, and sure, bring yes. it over and we'll put it on your bike. Um, so we're all about being flexible. Um, mm -hmm. this talk, if we have your frame size in stock, it's 10 days to delivery. It's just a, Do you hear that? 10 days to delivery. If we don't, if we don't have the, if the frames are <coughs> sold out, which is the case now, we, uh, we have two batches every year. And the first batch sold out very quickly, and then we're getting another batch that's 50% sold out based on pre-orders. So ah, okay. if we don't have it in stock, it's about two months to delivery. So that's not so bad. So if you're taking orders right now, which sounds like you might be, then you guys can get in touch with them and put your order in, and you won't have to wait a year like some people. So anticipated um, delivery. Some of our customers <laughs> came to us, like people, we've shipped bike to BC, uh, bikes to BC and people said, we've been waiting for our bikes that we've been promised from this bike yeah. shop for 10 months and um, we're, we're able to, you know, deliver. And um, again, it's, it's a difficult time for everyone when it comes to component shortages, yeah, but right. the stock builds, again, it's, if we have the frame in stock, it's just a matter of building up the bike. I know. I had to wait for my handlebars. So this was out of stock. I know that was out of stock. A full two weeks. <laughs> I have to wait for my bike because I don't have any handlebars. <laughs> so, and Henny, yeah. so are we <coughs> potentially? So, if the the order that's coming in July, if that were to sell out, would we put another order in for the fall? Yes, I mean, if, if bike orders taper off closer to the 
to the fall, but if people not want, easy, um, it's uh, it, uh, we again being a small company, we have we have to forecast um, our financials. So uh, we sold out the first batch quite rapidly. Uh, the second batch is almost half sold out. And so now, when you say the batch, like that can be any size, right? Like, or it's taking a, specific size orders. If you get in touch with me early enough, you can pick your color, you can pick your size. So, uh, if say if say the batch gets here and not all of them are are sold based on pre-orders, for which right, you right. take a, a, a fifty percent deposit, <laughs> then it just depends on what we have in stock. It might be. We have two colors, it might be a green bike, a blue bike, we might not have your size on stock. If we don't, we'll get you the bike you want within two months. And right. what if you made money and you want your own color? Oh! <laughs> Tell us about yeah. that, Penny. Uh, <laughs> don't worry, are you not taking custom color? We stuff? are. It's, I uh, thought this was very proprietary to you guys. Uh, no, it's, it's a are common practice. Sorry, it's, I'm not supposed to think it's just, it's extend, <laughs> Tell it's, me I can have my own color one day, that's all. Um, oh, awesome. <laughs> I want you know what we we offered this option. Um, it's uh, it's a three hundred and fifty dollar option, and some people might want it. But I want us to have a certain uh, DNA. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, and I, I I'm biased, but uh, I like the colors. And so far, uh, people have commented very favorably on the green, the Mount mm -hmm. green, and the Egyptian blue that we offer. So I don't I like want that to it's offer Egyptian blue. No, I meant I thought we might have a selection of five five colors that we pre-selected, but those would be by order, right? right. So that would be a surcharge yes. that people would choose. I, and but they're also, it, it, I, I we'd like this to have to be connected to the soul of Monty. Yes, no, yeah. we would exactly. select the colors like we selected these. Exactly. But then those wouldn't be right now in stock. Yeah. But if right. someone wanted to say, I really like that red that you picked, mm -hmm. but it would be an additional charge right. for it. Yeah, and so and if down the road, we might have five Last colors. season it was, <laughs> our, our inaugural season it was, you can have your Mont 2 bike in any color as long as it's green. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this season. This green. <laughs> this and green. then it's green. <laughs> but you can have it in the mountain bike, in the gravel bike, or... Do you have a road bike? No, it's no. just a tube. We do have a road bike. It's currently sold in Egypt, actually, and it's red. And, oh! <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice red. I yeah. bet you like your jacket like, a little bit. Yeah. But so red is a very high. It's red with uh, white decals, and uh, this is no. actually more of a cool Nah, gray. see, if, if I had known that, you'd probably have problems. When you can trade in your bike. <laughs> yeah! Here's <laughs> like, my old bike. I want the new one. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the red is very likely to, to, to be our next color in the next season. I would have said because red is just like the cat's meow mm. for me, anyways. Yeah. Okay, but, good to yes. know. Yeah, good Some to know. Market research. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's got to be like an Egyptian red. I'm sure there's like blood there red. Is. <laughs> there is. There is. The, the ancient Egyptians were, uh, were quite particular about their color palette. There's the royal color palette, and uh, among which there's the Egyptian blue. There's the turquoise, which is in, Ooh, our, in, our, in our company and our branding. Uh, like your hat? Uh, it's one of our key. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so our uh, we try to keep uh, we try to select from from this palette because it's well, it's ours. very nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So for our listeners. You can still put in your order for blue and green. <laughs> Sorry for that. <laughs> but in the future, like you said, maybe maybe there's trade-ins. I don't know. But um, so where can everybody find you? We are if the they want to make orders or they want to inquire and follow. 
montu.cc or montu.ca. This will take you to our website, and um, you can uh, either order direct. We prefer to uh, initiate an email, at least mm -hmm. uh, call us or email us about the bikes. Uh, for the clothing, you can directly order from the website. If you have any questions about bike sizing, bike options, clothing sizing, shoot us an email. There's a contact form on the website. Yeah. Um, we reply very quickly. And um, we're always, we offer a no commitment bike consultation before purchase. So people are not sure this. Many people come to us and say, this is my first travel, this is my first bike, this is my first travel bike. I know, I bet you there's lots of that. So we have an, yeah. a free and no commitment one-on-one um, -on -one call with them in which we establish what they want to do with the bike and how they want it built. And then based on that, we offer recommendations and there's no commitment if, even if you end up not buying a bike, no problem. Right. And uh, Kenny is also humble. One of his visions with this company um, is also that we would be able to provide that type of service and that that actual time and energy and conversation mm -hmm. that um because people need that when you know mm -hmm. you can buy a bike anywhere but what's important is that connection and ability for people to be able to actually talk to somebody because these days that's also really hard to find so in a big market that's something that we try to provide is it's that true that was one of the things like when i reached out i think i got an immediate response and then i think i called uh, to talk about the, the bike and the price and, and all that because uh, and yeah I found it very very helpful to talk to somebody it was it was actually kind of nice and I know a lot of people prefer to be able to chat um, over just because it's such a specific thing actually. <coughs> yeah. Like, yeah I want to emphasize what Catherine said because yeah. uh, if you go to Eurobike or, or any North American uh, bike show uh, there's many many new businesses that are offering bikes and different kinds of bikes so mm -hmm. entry to the market has um has become easier than it was 10 15 years right. ago however the extent to which these brands survive anybody can sell a bike anybody can you know you just get to know a few things about the backstage of the industry and, and bring it back to market but again like Catherine said the value added goes beyond the physical product of the clothing or the bikes because people, especially people who are new to cycling, and what one thing that COVID did is that it has exploded interest in cycling in a way that is unprecedented. And, and many of these newcomers to the need information more than anything. What kind of bike? How do I? How do I get? Like what kind of? What size do I need? What are the clothing options? How do I choose? Um, what are the different drivetrain options? Should I get one buy or two buy? What kind of gearing do I need? And there are some fantastic bike shops, but you, I have personally, before I started Montu, and even now, I walk into a bike shop and then you know, I, I know what to look for, but most people want questions answered. And this is one of the things we try to do with Montu is give information before we sell anything. Um, yeah. Because you can buy a bike and the next day you're not happy with it because it doesn't fit you or the gearing is wrong or you have buyer's remorse because you are not giving the information that you need. So this is one of the things that we want to have in February to make the soul of Montu. Yeah. And knowing just that they can contact you. 
reach out with questions and Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. That's uh, why I yeah. love. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we don't have that, right? We, at, at the retail location is in the works maybe in the next few years, but uh, people can come visit us by appointment. You should just they make can it see the baby. Here. That's great. And see the baby. Totally focused conversation. No interruptions. They're not going to be a baby by then. Yes, the whole experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think also important to point out because someone might be watching and say, well, that's great, which is part of you say, what's my role? Um, Kenny, you can't do that forever at the scale that we hope the company grows to, right? Right. Um, how can you continue to provide that level of um, con- consultation with people? But again, Kenny's very humble. One of his other side hustles is corporate training. So he teaches people how to give service, how to talk to people, how to teach, how to mm-hmm. provide. So he's done that in the past, still doing that. So part of the long-term plan is that hopefully this time next year we have maybe a few young people, bike mechanics, that he's mm-hmm. teaching to be able to provide the level of service. Well, because yeah. as you see, he's quite knowledgeable. Um, <laughs> yeah, and they're hard to come by. So recruiting someone and actually taking them under your wing mm-hmm. is going to be very hard to find and keeping them after. Or we're growing our true. own as well. That's true. That's or yeah, <laughs> seriously, you might need own. a couple more. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they will be. I'm not trying to push cycling on them at all. But we'll see how it goes. Zane mentioned hockey the other day and my heart oh my <laughs> Just say no. Just say no. My husband grew Say so you can play hockey if you ride your bike there. Yeah. Ooh, put the equipment in the Because if it's anything like his mom and dad, he'll be very stubborn. If, if I try to push him too too much into the direction of cycling, he'll go the other way. So yeah. I'm not careful with that. I know. My husband grew up triple a hockey blah blah the whole yeah. thing in this area and he's yeah. just like right now he's like that's one thing my kids are not doing yeah. so we're just like no to hockey you can do anything else <laughs> not so to much. talk badly of hockey there's lots of good skills but yeah, yeah. No, no, we're not also, even yeah. <laughs> we like things we could do together as a family and we go skating yeah that's it yeah and football and, that's what he's going yeah. for yeah um Unrelated, but maybe related to the, the, what we're discussing in general. Um, Family? Or... <laughs> no, but uh, we, um, um, there's a lot of sensitivity in, in the cycling business about the brick and mortar mm. traditional bike shops and, um, and online base. And we're sort of a hybrid business, uh, but we are looking to engage with similar business. Like just this morning, I was on a call with a, a Canadian business that makes cycling products. Because they're complementary to oh, what we like do. what kind? They're um, like accessories, uh, bike, bike cleaning and lubrication uh, products, oh, and they're the, okay. one of the first Canadian brands in that domain, and they're quite doing quite well. Oh, I need to so, know who they are. So beyond that, we're looking to engage with um, especially local bike shops in the in the Ottawa and Ottawa Valley area and beyond. And um, this is something that we haven't honestly gone out of our way to do it because we've been so busy trying to get you know products delivered, and so mm-hmm. we've had enough demand. Um, that we, we haven't attempted to engage to do that yet, but we'd love to do that. We'd love to have um, businesses interested in carrying our products and collaborating. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I'm a firm believer in um, the saying that the rising tide lifts all boats. Mm-hmm. And um, you can, yeah, if there's competition, and there has to be ethical competition, but there's also collaboration. In yeah. The 
And this is something that we're looking so often uh, just using your podcast team to say that you're <laughs> Hey, I get it. And I was like, well, I'll just plug in there too that we're taking ads on the podcast. <laughs> so for all those Canadian businesses that you collaborate and want a platform to <laughs> to get their word out like this, um, we have a little bit of that happening on our podcast. So you can always reach out to me. But mm -hmm. so you're on Instagram. Where else are you? We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and we uh, we have our web presence, our website, and uh, mm -hmm. you can get in touch with us via either of those channels. We're not cool enough for TikTok yet. No. Twitter might be better because that's where all the apps. Well, except we're not a big fan of the core, the current. Oh, the current on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> getting too political. Um, but can I add one more thing? Yeah. yeah. Um, we talk about just to mention uh, another. Um, future component of uh, Montu um, about the sort of corporate social responsibility vision we have about the training um, oh. getting in. So Hanny also has a long history of training youth, um, and teaching youth oh, cool. um, how to mountain bike. And we'd like to see that become part of our racing team and bring up young riders that maybe might oh. not have access to this. You know, this is an affordable bike for some mm -hmm. people and for some people this is beyond what... Uh, they might have access to. Unless you want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, just well, to put you on the spot. Right now we have a, a, a nascent on two racing team. We only have one competitive athlete on the team. He's a young um, marathon mountain bike racer from Halberton. And uh, we have one more spot that I'm reserving for a female athlete. Um, female <laughs> masters. Female. <laughs> I already put it out there. He said no. <laughs> Uh, and we have, we have, we'd also like to give that opportunity to someone who um, might not necessarily have the, but you know, privilege or, or access to, to that. Uh, otherwise, um, so we're we have that, and this is um, I think going forward as we have more resources, we try to expand this opportunity. Um, so it's an open call to. But this is a great spot, like Arm Fryer. I don't know what what. The, you know what cycling's like for the youth yeah, there's lots of opportunity here to yeah build so we're trying to look like yeah, a youth group a little bit and yeah see what this like, like I'm, as we just moved here a year ago right. um and our children are quite a bit younger so we're mm -hmm. not so tapped into what that looks like um, around yeah. here but that's part of the plan the long list of things we have but uh we would like to get more involved in and being able to do that because coaching is something that's yeah, yeah. Wow, well, that's definitely an area that's going to bring great joy for us, especially when they start getting bigger. Because I just joined a well, I just joined the OBC, but they're one of the larger cycling mountain bike groups. They just started, but they're in Ottawa. And um, as a parent volunteer, getting back on her mountain bike, I'm like, yeah. this is perfect for me. No yeah. stress. I can learn some skills and yeah. and be with my kids and yeah. and hopefully they. Uh, yeah, so if there's somebody that yeah. uh, doesn't have to be from Armfire, but from the region, yeah, we're looking for someone. Yeah, it's a it's a good place to to start. I mean, especially around here because I'm sure there's a, a need. Yeah. It, yeah, even small communities to mm -hmm. <laughs> to build up those youth groups. So, yeah. well, this is awesome. I just want to thank you guys, and I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. I hope that you love 
like visually seeing. I'm just gonna showcase this mountain bike because honestly, sitting beside this green chair, I they just love oh, yeah. it. There you go. <laughs> anyway, but that I love the color, and I'm gonna give you a little close up there of Annie and my bike. So you'll be seeing me on the bike and um, make sure that you're following on Instagram and Facebook and also go to their uh, website. And if you're still looking for a gravel bike, they're still taking orders for June, we are. July. Thank you very much, Susie. July. For, uh, July. Yeah, You'll get it before the end of summer, <laughs> which is good because that's what we're all like. Yeah, I want my bike now. Yeah. It's like nobody gets their bike. Yeah, now. Orders, it's, it's, if you order soonish, you'll get it in July. If if later, you'll always get it about two months delivery. But thank you for having us on your uh, podcast. We appreciate that. We've had oh, I love it. Thank you. Yeah, we tried to participate. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, the distraction will be like half the listeners love the baby and half the listeners will be writing yeah, comments like, it's be interesting. was this baby on the podcast? Yeah, that, yeah, the, baby <laughs> the baby's part of the business. We have to understand <laughs> As parents and entrepreneurs, the kids are always part yeah. of it. <laughs> And with that, thanks everyone. Thanks for listening. Make sure you follow the podcast and you join our cycling uh, newsletter. Uh, link in the bio or in the, the description. And also all their social media uh, links will be there as well. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have an amazing day. Bye. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.